Welcome to the Amanda Wagner podcast. In this episode, we share how we spend our time now versus how when we first started our businesses. We differentiate between working in the business versus on the business. And we highlight some of the ways that we cope with the fluctuations and what we do when we make time to actually work on our businesses. And in WWAWD, or What Would Amanda Wagner Do?, we answer Kayla's question about dealing with complaints. I'm Amanda Wagner, a business strategist, coach, and professional speaker. And I'm Liz Pittman, a digital communications specialist. The Amanda Wagner podcast is the place for ambitious leaders and entrepreneurs who are done shopping for shortcuts, no longer waiting for an invitation to do what they want, and are ready to claim their spotlight. On this podcast, we talk about the challenges and triumphs of ambition and bravery, living thoughtfully and strategically in a noisy world, and share our experiences as entrepreneurs with big ambition. If you're like me, you started a business before you had a ton of clients knocking on your door and all you wanted to do was work with real people that paid you real money for your product or for your services. Maybe you felt like all you were doing was preparing, planning, writing website copy, marketing, putting yourself out there, checking out new Squarespace templates, trying to find the perfect business card. You spent time imagining what could happen goal setting, thinking about the next steps, and downloading yet another free guide to help you make progress. But after a while, you were so ready to do the day-to-day tasks that would help you get to the next steps and make money. And then you got what you wanted. You got clients, you dedicated your time and your effort to them and to their goals. And over time, all of the planning and writing and rewriting copy, marketing, refreshing the services you offer and doing all the downloadable worksheets, that all fell by the wayside. When entrepreneurs talk about working in the business versus on the business, this is what they're talking about. When you're working in the business, this refers to the day-to-day tasks that keep the operations of your business running smoothly. You're responding to client needs. You're doing your invoicing and bookkeeping. You're providing the service or the product that you offer. You're fulfilling orders and you're making sure that your clients are onboarded, ready to go, and that you're delivering what you promised to deliver. On the business is talking about the bigger picture stuff, building out the vision, the long-term goals, where you want your business to go and how you want it to grow. This is the work that often involves looking backwards and reflecting on what has worked, what hasn't worked and what you wanna change and looking forward and figuring out what has to happen next to get you where you want to go. These can feel like competing priorities. If you wanna know more about competing priorities, tune in for episode 36. Sometimes when we got get caught up in the business. We're simply going through the motions, tending to other people and their needs, forgetting that we have our own businesses to grow. LP, what is the current split you have between working in the business versus on the business? It's like 90-10 or maybe like 95-5 way, way, way more time spent working in the business than on the business for me right now. Doesn't mean I don't think about all of the things I need to do on the business, just never actually getting there. 
Yes, I hear you. And thank you so much for being honest about that. My April was also 90-10. 95 to five, because yes, I was thinking about on the business, but those were always the someday tasks. The when I have time, I'm going to work on this thing. When I have time, I'm going to complete this course. I'm going to find this person to hire. And my split in May is getting a little bit more even. I would say it's about 60% in the business, 40% on the business. One of the challenges, of course, here is that most of the revenue in my case that I generate happens from being in the business, finding clients, onboarding clients, making sure that I'm doing great work for them so that I can invoice them and deliver the service and the results that I promise. So working on the business doesn't feel like it has that short-term payoff. There are significant fluctuations and I am by no means the model of what this harmony looks like. I find that it changes often. And I think what matters most is that we don't neglect either side. Liz, you started your business full-time while you had clients because you had been running your business on the side at the same time as working full-time. So what did the split look like when you first started your business full-time? Oh, it was probably more like 70-30, when I, when I took the, what was a side hustle, when I took it full time, because I didn't really have much of a website. Uh, I hadn't really been thinking too, too much about my personal brand online. Um, yeah, that, I mean, things have definitely changed. When I first got going, it was probably more like 70 in the business, 30 on the business. But I, I yeah, I came into things a little bit differently that I was almost duplicating what I was doing nine to five and doing it at night. I started building a client base and I had the clients before I needed to think about really all of the in the businessy things. So I kind of did it backwards. But yeah, when, when I first got going, it was definitely a different split than it is now. I find that my split continues to change. And that's why I asked that question because I, I remember in the beginning being like, how many more worksheets can I do? How many more website pages can I design? Or how many times can I find other people to look up to online before I actually get to do the work? And now I have moments of, I'm so happy and satisfied that I have clients and I get to do great work, but I find myself now craving time to do the bigger picture business planning, to figure out what's actually going to happen next instead of being in it all the time. I have what I want to call a secret club, which is not at all a secret. It is called the after party. And it is for people who have finished the eight weeks of claim your spotlight. And I learned pretty early on that the people who finish claim your spotlight are fired up and feisty and want to keep going. So for anybody who completes claim your spotlight, there's an opportunity to join the after party where you are with a bunch of other entrepreneurs and leaders who are also creating amazing things, fiercely ambitious and not ready to stop. And yesterday in one of our after party calls, this topic of working on the business came up and we actually spent 15 minutes. There were five of us in there at this moment going, what are tasks that count for being on the business versus in the business? Because I think sometimes we forget what that differentiation looks like. And so then even when we have time, 
we don't necessarily know what to do with it. So let's start with in the business. It's definitely where we are more comfortable right now because it's normal for our schedules. Liz, what are some of your in the business tasks? So these days I'm spending 90% of my time in the business and that looks like creating graphics, videos, writing copy for all of my clients, writing social media strategies, uh, completing some writing contracts for blog posts and newsletters, editing podcasts, prepping and delivering workshops, creating and marking assignments, and teaching my classes as well. That's primarily what in the business looks like for me right now. And I can see how that takes up 90% of your time and how it doesn't leave a lot of room or a lot of energy to think on the business. My in the business tasks are lots of calls and meetings with clients. In April, I had up to 16 Zoom calls over four days. So on Mondays, I don't take Zoom calls. Yes, Liz, I saw your face at that going, oh, it's a lot. I spend four to five hours a day in Zoom calls. And those are not days where I'm thinking about big picture business stuff because I'm in it. When I'm in it, I'm hosting workshops. I am trying to find new clients for Claim Your Spotlight. Every Claim Your Spotlight client is writing a pre-session musing plus a recap and reflection, not to mention uploading those call recordings and communicating with people. I'm also creating reels and filming Instagram stories and social engagement so that I can support Liz. I'm reviewing things that my writer has sent me. These are some of the in the business everyday stuff that has to happen in order to make my business run. Now, when we flip to the bigger picture on the business, LP, what are some of your on the business tasks that even if they're not happening right now, what counts? For me, what counts as on the business is updating my website. So I got brand photography done a couple of months ago. It's still sitting in a folder. It'll get on that website at some, at some point. Another thing for on the business is I need to stay on top of the changes in social media. So I do a lot of newsletter reading and a lot of social media educational blog reading for my clients, but also I have to know what's going on so that my students know what's going on. It changes every freaking day. Keeping my personal brand active online uh, is a challenge for me sometimes if I spend eight hours doing things on Facebook and Instagram for other people, sometimes the last thing I want to do is something on my own Instagram at the end of the day, but that is considered on the business for me. Uh, and then participating in like online marketing chats or Twitter chats to be able to showcase my expertise. Those are the kinds of things that I would qualify as on the business. I'm in really similar category, different industry, but changing my website, creating my brand story so that I'm attracting more of the right person. Right now, I'm taking an online course to help me reach some of my media and publicity goals. And there are some calls that I can't always make during the day. So it's also figuring out when can I make time to watch that recording? Does it matter that I watch that recording? actually doing some of the freebie downloads that I seem to collect but actually never do and reading I have I have a couple comments on reading that I'm going to get to one of the things that definitely counts as an on the business task is having a CEO day uh, the company being boss 
created this kit. It's called the CEO Day Kit. And in the very beginning of my business, this was one of my first business expenses. It was $279. And I sweated about this purchase. It felt like so much. And that's American. So at the time, it was closer to 400 Canadian. And it felt like this huge investment. And so if you're listening to this, and that feels like a big investment, I get it. The CEO Day Kit is a series of videos and worksheets that are all about your business. So they talk about your values, your ideal day, how you're dealing with money, the services that you offer. And this is something that I continue to go back to when I'm working on the business so that I can get a sense of what I'm doing. Interestingly, when I bought it, when I first started, it's really hard to make money and service decisions when you don't have clients. So interestingly, even though the CEO day kit is more relevant now, I don't necessarily make as much time to actually do it. Even though I sweated the purchase at the time and wouldn't necessarily sweat over that now, I value it so much. Now my job is to make time to actually do it. And a note about reading books, participating in industry chats, brushing up on your expertise. It's taken me a really long time but I finally believe that reading books, researching, figuring out how you want to grow the business, how you want to be seen in your industry counts as work. I used to think that reading books was something that I had to do on the side or participating in industry forums, conversations, guest blogs, that had to be on the side. And more so now than ever, I need to see that work as valuable time that even though it's not billable time, it does help me grow my business. A lot of my understanding for working on the business versus in the business comes from past experiences. Like I mentioned at the beginning, before I had clients, I was so desperate for something concrete and I was tired of reading about how to grow and operate a business. I wanted to get my hands dirty and be in it. And now I have so many concrete tasks and my hands are very dirty. Sometimes I want to wash my hands and go big again. I find myself craving more time to think bigger and get the bird's eye view. Liz, what has your experience been like as you've been growing your business and changing how you spend your time and effort? There's way less of that bird's eye view for me. It's, we talked about in episode 36, the to-do list. My day is driven by the daily tasks because there's just so much work to get done. There's so much more it appears to work on in the business when if I really broke it down, there's a significant amount to do on the business as well, but I can't see the forest for the trees sort of thing. You know, like I need to get the daily tasks done for all of the people who have hired me. So that tends to be where the priority lies. As always, you have my wheels turning and I'm trying to figure out in my brain as you're chatting here, how can I fix this current split from 90-10 to a little bit of a, a better ratio. I'm glad you brought that up because I also want to reassure you and our listeners that it, nothing's broken, right? You use the word fix and I, I see you nodding along here. So I know yeah. that you know that, but for anybody for sure. listening, if you are feeling like, oh no, I'm doing something wrong because I'm all in the business or I'm all on the business, it fluctuates and it changes. And I don't want to ignore the elephant in the room, which is that in the business tasks typically are what generates the short-term income. 
course. That is the revenue that lets us do our jobs. And yes, we are grateful for that and so happy that we have clients that hire us and trust us. And yet we still want more time to take the bird's eye view, to look at what's the big picture. Do I want to be doing this kind of work forever? And what are the big picture tasks that I really need to engage in so that I can move my business forward? A few ideas that I've brought up that can help you get back into working on the business. And note that this does not require you to spend three days in a cabin in the woods with a whiteboard overhauling everything. But what if I want to spend three days in a cabin in the woods? Is that okay? Absolutely. And please invite me. Of course. Oh man, (laughs) I would love the cabin in the woods for three days. Just checking. Yes. And yet with a 90-10 split, I challenge you to tell me when are those three days in the cabin in the woods? It's not happening. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. That's why I say it because most often we're like, I will wait until I can get the hotel and I can have the red yarn and I can trace all the paths of my business. And we wait for that mystical weekend magic camping trip in the mountains where you have the hotel and you can just go for hikes and plan your business. And if that was working, chances are you'd be doing that a couple times a year and yet we're not. So Take the cabin in the woods if you can get it. I'm all for it. Please invite me. But if you can't, there are smaller ways that you can still find this time to work on your business. The way I start figuring out what some of my on the business tasks look like, number one, I look at my sent items and at my calendar from past months. So when I'm looking at my sent items, I'm like, what are the emails I send most often? Some easy ways to work on your business and create some efficiency, things like creating templates. It feels very in the business and it can be really time intensive at first, but what you're actually doing is trying to buy back some of your time so that you can use that extra time to work on your business. The second thing that you can do to help you get back into working on the business is to look at the trends in your calendar. Are there particular days or times when you are most on fire? Can you set a recurring time, a meeting with yourself where it is on the business time? For example, I don't work with clients on Mondays. Those are my days. Those are the days where I'm filming Instagram reels or stories. So those those are the days where I'm working on my course where I'm reviewing things from my writer, or I'm stepping back and thinking, what are the bigger business goals that I want to achieve? How can I play the long game? I like the idea of having a long game Monday. Mondays are mine. And it's not just my day to make a beautiful to-do list for the next four days. It's my bird's eye view Monday. One of the other ways that I like to ignite people to get them thinking about on the business that they can be paying attention to is to play with this sentence, wouldn't it be cool if, and let yourself do some dreaming and envisioning again. Note that none of the things I've suggested take three days. This is something that you can do with a found hour of time or on a Monday, on an afternoon where you have some space. In one of my most recent, wouldn't it be cool if, journeys. I got out a blank page, started the sentence, and I just started writing. Wouldn't it be cool if my signature program was available as a self-guided course? Wouldn't it be cool if I got to 10,000 podcast listens by the end of 2021? 
Wouldn't it be cool if by 2023, I made a million dollars? Wouldn't it be cool if I could build an audience and pre-sell my book before it's published and ready? Wouldn't it be cool if all my Claim Your Spotlight clients met and worked with each other in a powerhouse group? Just by getting these five or six things out, I could start to see trends of where I want to spend time working on my business. Those trends, number one, financial. Big picture, I want to increase the opportunities for passive income and more income. Number two is availability. How can my work reach more people in more places without having to add to my list of Zoom calls? And that third area, that third place where I want to spend more time in that bird's eye view is building a community, building a meaningful community that counts for something, that stands for something and making sure that we're united. Now that I have some of these trends, I can start to decide where I want to focus for now. What is the priority and how can I let myself play in that space? Liz, I'm going to send it over to you. How do you finish the sentence, wouldn't it be cool if? Well, admittedly, I've done less of this sort of thinking in recent memory. It's so funny when I started <laughs> trying to finish the sentence, wouldn't it be cool if? It was all things I can't change. It was all like pandemic related stuff. Like, wouldn't it be cool if more of my meetings were in person and <laughs> that sort of thing? Yeah. So that's where initially where my brain went. But then I, when I started thinking about the business specifically. Wouldn't it be cool if I could take more time off? Wouldn't it be cool if I could do my job from a tropical island? Liz, I think about this all the time. Wouldn't it be cool if I could spend a month in Victoria with Liz and we work there in the summer? Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. No tears. Okay. I know we just got sad for a second. We made this like beautiful eye contact at each other. Yeah. 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 I, my best friend, Danielle, lives in New Zealand. Wouldn't it be cool if every December and January I worked from Auckland? Mm -hmm. Okay, keep going. I have one more. Wouldn't it be cool if I could work with more people on Vancouver Island? I have lots of clients across the prairies and I love them dearly. I want to connect to my current community a little bit more as well. Fantastic. So this is really interesting where you're saying, wouldn't it be cool if I could work with my community in a place that I live so that those in-person meetings can become a reality one day? And I'm on the other side of the spectrum, which is, wouldn't it be cool if my clients were outside of Canada and they were internationally located? So even just taking that time to think about it, it kind of highlights what the next steps might be. And notice that none of the wouldn't it be cool if statements, we didn't jump into planning them. We didn't jump into looking at the plane tickets or figuring out how, what networking groups we have to go to, or instantly, how do I break it down to make a million dollars? But we started to see trends in where this time might be best spent. I would love to know from our listeners, Will you share with us some specific examples and ideas of how you work on your business? In the after party yesterday, like I said, we spent time going through what does it mean to work on the business again? Because we have much less time than we used to. And it's a great opportunity to reignite some of that fire. We also shared some of the books that we're reading. And it's a great space to just engage with other people. So I would love if you join us on Instagram and share some specific examples of how you work on your business so that we can 
look at them, we can see how they might work for us. And bonus points, if you finish the sentence, wouldn't it be cool if? I would love for our listeners, grab a post-it note or a piece of paper and write that list. And if you are comfortable, share it. Send us a screenshot, post it on Instagram stories so that we can share it and get more people thinking, wouldn't it be cool if? Tag us at the Amanda Wagner because we wanna see it, we wanna share it. And we want other people to feel ignited in their ambition, in their high achieving selves. We all want big things. So let's share that. Let's not be afraid of wanting more. Today's WWAWD uh, is a little bit of a different question. Definitely something that needs to be dealt with uh, when working in your business. The question comes from Kayla, who says, this is less of a what would Amanda Wagner do, but I'm curious. Feel free to address it or not. I chose to put it in the script, Kayla. Thank you. Kayla asks, Amanda, how do you deal with complaints or negative feedback? The short answer is I call Liz and I cry. One of the first steps. One of the first steps. Um, in episode 36, we talked about this fear of what will other people think and how I made a, a statement that I do not want to live my life simply to avoid disappointing others. So I absolutely hear some fear around complaints or negative feedback. If that is public, like on a Google review, I always encourage my clients to, to read it, to respond, but to decide how much energy it really takes. In some of my early work with Coach Jenny, I fought a lot with myself on this reputation management and what will people think? And she had me make a list of whose feedback actually counts. The feedback that matters to me is from Liz, from Danielle, from my husband, from Dallas, from Natasia. I'm making this list here. I'm like, there's about five people whose feedback really counts for me right now. And even then, when I think, what will they think? The only they that matters is me. What do I think about what I did? Sometimes when people have negative feedback, it's because we didn't communicate expectations. We had different expectations. Sometimes people are grouchy or angry or had a bad day and need to have the benefit of the doubt. What matters is how I am going to let that feedback affect me. I've been, I've mentioned on a past podcast episode that I got a really mean hater that was totally anonymous and I absolutely cried with Liz about it. And I think about it every so often, but what it actually makes me do is it makes me move faster. It makes me look at this one person didn't like me, that means I'm doing something right because maybe this isn't the right person for our community. So I kind of double down on what I know to be true, which is that I'm doing something great. I'm doing something that's valuable and maybe it's not valuable to everyone and that's okay. I'm not for everyone. And the sooner that I can accept I'm not for everyone, the easier it is for me to move faster. Liz, I'm gonna throw this to you. How do you deal with complaints or negative feedback? Well, initially I get very defensive, <laughs> which I think is a normal gut reaction. Uh, typically in 
2021, a lot of complaints usually come in a digital form. So I will often read that and then right away I'll pound out some sort of response uh, and then I'll walk away from it for a little while, cool off, and then come back and revisit. Uh, I was just teaching one of my classes a week or two ago. We were talking about best practices and tips for emailing. And I told them my number one rule is to never email angry. <laughs> I was like, this isn't a technical tip, but please take this advice from me is to never email angry. So usually I get all of my thoughts out on paper or type it all out in a, in a Word doc and then step away from it, come back, really suss out, okay, how can, can this be fixed? What was the root of the issue here? Was it a, a lack of communication? Expectations weren't defined, whatever it may be, and then move forward. But I like to get all of the emotion out on my end before I go back to that person. And then I just move on. Again, we talked in a previous episode about keeping the really positive pieces of feedback and the good, the good emails you get or the texts or those wonderful pieces of feedback that you get from clients and keeping those in a folder or putting those screenshots somewhere. So sometimes if I get a piece of feedback that I don't love, I go and visit that little bit of a highlight reel as a reminder that I do a really good job. And this was a blip on the radar and I've removed the anger and I'm going to look back on the good things that I've done. And hopefully I can fix this situation with whoever is unhappy at the moment. I'm glad you're so honest about being defensive because I absolutely have gotten to that place where I'm like, that simply isn't true, but I did it here, here, and here, and I could prove you wrong. I've also written my fair share of unsendable letters. If you're not familiar with the unsendable letter, it is a document, a piece of paper or a word document. It is not an email and you write out all your feelings, all the resentment, everything you wish you could say, and you let it die there. Some people like to burn it. They rip up that piece of paper and they burn it. For me, it just sits as a document. I know that everything I want to say is sitting there. I'm never going to send it, but it's about taking it out of my brain and off my mind and heart so that I can move forward and do something else. The root of this question I really see is what will people think? And so in the show notes, I'm going to include a link to a YouTube video that Coach Jenny made that was 100% with me as the subject, where I asked Coach Jenny in tears, will I always care what other people think of me? Like, will there ever be a point in my life where I stop fearing this? And she straightforwardly says, you will always care what other people think. Here's why that's a good thing. This is good news. So I will share that with you. I invite you to check that out. Um, complaints are negative feedback. It's part of the reality of putting yourself out there. It's the double-edged sort of visibility. We want to be visible and we want to believe that it's always positive and that's not always the reality. So Kayla, thank you for your question. I think you, you dug deeper into Liz and I than I think we expected to go here, but I hope that this helps somebody else who either has experienced some complaints or negative feedback or who is afraid of putting themselves out there because they don't know what they'll do with it. Trust me that you will find your way through it and you are not alone. Great question, Kayla. Thank you. Please keep sending your questions our way. Even if you've sent a question before, we'd love a repeat question from you. You can submit them via Instagram through the DM at the Amanda Wagner. Visit theamandawagner.com and submit through the contact form there. 
or while you're on the website, sign up for the newsletter, which comes at the end of each month from AW herself. And you can always reply to those newsletters with anything that's on your mind that you would like addressed in WWAWD. And of course, please join us on Instagram and share with us some of the specific examples and ideas of how you work on your business. And again, bonus points. If you make a wouldn't it be cool if list, we would love for you to share it. Tag us at the Amanda Wagner so we can see it. We can share it and get this dreamy community thinking big. And if on the business sounds really dreamy and like something you need and are missing, Claim Your Spotlight might be the place for you. A dedicated hour each week over eight weeks simply to focus on the business, where you want to go, what you want it to be. We get to play in this big magical space and I will be there to guide you through it. You can find out more about Claim Your Spotlight at theamandawagner.com slash claim your spotlight. And if social media strategy is one of those things you need to tackle as working on the business, I can help you with that. Visit lizpittman.com or connect with me on Instagram at lizpittman. Thank you again for joining us today as we deal with the delicate dance of in the business, on the business, and tell you that it changes all the time. Thank you for being here. We cannot wait to have you join us for our next episode which will be in two weeks. We will be right here, same time, same place for episode 38. And until then, we will see you on the internet. That was a nice segue. Yeah, that was lovely. That felt really good. I felt like maybe I took your your phrase there, mentioning the next episode. It was perfect. Look at that again hit the groove just in time just in time to to end recording (laughs) there we go (laughs) as we do (laughs) but remember when we tried to record six episodes in one day i can't imagine us doing that anymore but that was in person that's different that is different i wish we could do this still exhausting though i know one day one day